All right, let's get in the Word tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. This is part two of what we began last Wednesday night. A message titled, That We Might Know. That We Might Know. Verse 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now we have received. Everybody say, we have received. Not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. You have been given the Spirit of God so that you can know everything that God's got for you is free. And so that you can learn what everything is that He has for you that's free. And let me remind us tonight, He's not going to give you something. He's already given you everything. He's not going to give you nothing. Maybe more grace. But he's when He gave you Jesus, He gave you everything. Does the Bible not say that we have been given all spiritual blessings in heavenly places? He can say we're going to, says we have. That's why the Bible says, look up, set your affection on things above, because that's where you've already been given everything in Christ Jesus. You've got to know this, as we talked about last week, and we will again today. You've got to know these things that God has freely given you. You've got to be sure. When you know something, that means you're sure of it. Do you know you're saved? Yes, you do. Can't nobody talk you out of your salvation, I hope. If you know you're saved, and you do, because the Bible says that your spirit bears witness with the Spirit of God, that you are the children of God. Amen. You know that. You know that. No matter what anybody tells you, you still know that. No matter what they try to talk you into or out of, you still know that you're a Christian. Hallelujah. Because it was a work of God. The Bible calls it the operation of God. It wasn't you. what you did because that would have been flawed. It was what He did. And because He did it, it was a perfect work. Hallelujah. Your salvation is a perfect work. You don't feel perfect because you ain't. But that work of salvation is perfect. Hallelujah. God ain't never gave you nothing that wasn't perfect. The salvation He offered you was in His perfect Son and that perfect sacrifice. The love He loves you with is a perfect love. The faith He gave you is a perfect faith. Nothing He's given you has a flaw in it. We are flawed, but nothing He's given us is flawed. Hallelujah. So take advantage of what you've been given. Learn about it. Get in the Word of God because it's the only place you're going to know anything. Everything else you can't be sure of, but whatever God has said, you can be sure of that. Amen. His Word is sure. It's sure. You don't have to wonder if God's Word, well, I don't know about this. Well, then you got problems. You got big problems if you are doubting God's word. The message, this message we started last week and we'll continue this evening, is in my heart, and it's and it's because of this. Because the tragedies that most of the time we face is due to the barrenness that's in ignorance. The there's a barren place in ignorance. What you don't know will kill you. What that the world says that that's a true statement. What you don't know, the lack of that knowledge, you can be destroyed. Did, did God not say that about His own people? 
Amen. We'll get to that scripture here in a minute, but I'm going to read some of these things I wrote down to you because the Lord was ministering these things to me. Ignorance is a barren place. James even spoke of that. If you're double-minded, that means you're just not sure. You don't really know. Double-minded man, he don't really know. He's on the mountaintop one day, and the next day he's down under the valley because he don't know. Amen. Do you know that you've been given the Spirit of God? Do you know the Spirit of God dwells within you? Do you know why? One of the reasons is so that you can know what God has given, not going to give you, what He's given you, and it's free. Any preacher that's telling you you got to pay for something to get anything from God, he's not speaking on behalf of God. He's not speaking on behalf of God if he's trying to get you to give money to get something from God. He's not speaking on behalf of God. Because my Bible and my, the Word of God is God, so God telling me, He's given me His Spirit so that I could know who's lying. Because what He's offering me is free. And if I know that, then I can look at them and say, I love you, brother, but you're not right about that. Amen. The Lord reminded me of something this morning when I was sitting at my studies. And, and it was, you got to know stuff. Stuff, you, you, you got to know truth. You got to know the Word of God. And the Lord reminded us, brought this to my mind yesterday. I was over at Broken Bow years ago. I hadn't been over there since the 80s, so they tell me it's like a city now or something. But uh, back then, we'd drive over, and there was a little place we'd go up in the hills over there, and, and there was a little river that run through there. And we'd cross over and stay on the other side of that river all day, and then at the end of the day, we'd float back across the, the river there and, and get our vehicles and go home. Well, I was, at the end of the day, I was standing there. I'd done made it to the other side, and I was standing there, and I was about to watch this one fellow that was with us. He's about to drown. I mean, he, 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 he just... He was going under, screaming, ah, and, I, and I'm like, well, why don't he just stand up? <laughs> it was only like four foot deep. He's five foot eight, five foot ten. Why? Because he, he, he didn't know the ground was there. He about to drown. Somebody said, stand up! <laughs> he put his foot down, and it was like, like it saved his life. He could stand up. He's sitting about to drown. He's he going down, back up. Oh, I've been freaking out. Freaking me out. And we're all saying, it's shallow. Put your feet down. Stand up. So he didn't know the ground was there, so he's about to die. You got to know the truth. You got to know the truth. If you don't know the truth, how can you, how can you live a liberated life? How can you express Jesus if you don't know the truth? He is the truth. Hmm. Not knowing what we should know is dangerous. Our prayers should be, Lord, show me what I need to see and teach me what I need to know. If we do pray that, Lord, show me what I need to see and teach me what I need to know, He'll do that. You remember the psalmist wrote, teach me the fear of the Lord. 
Fear of the Lord is something that we gotta we gotta want to know. Teach me the fear of the Lord. Teach me your value. You know your own value, God. It's beyond what we can imagine, but you can teach us the value of you we should have. And I promise you, if you do that, he's going to point you straight to Calvary because there's where you're going to see the fullness of all that he is and all that he's conforming you into. Amen. Amen. All that he's conforming you. Remember, you're not being made conformable to the resurrection of Christ, but, but to the death of Christ. That's what you're being made conformable to because when God saw his son at Calvary, he stamped his glory on that and said, that is what I'm going to conform all my people into that image. He wasn't talking about some glory, uh, uh, bloody, gory mess hanging there. The Bible says Jesus was marred beyond recognition. He wasn't talking about that. He was talking about a humble and obedient man that was completely sold out and trusting in the righteousness of God. That's what Philippians tells us and Peter writes it also. That's what we're being made conformable to. Amen. Jesus, the Bible says in Isaiah 53, poured out his soul unto death. You know what your soul is, right? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Let me say that again. Your, your soul, not your spirit, your spirit is what you know with. That's your knower. Your soul is your mind, your emotions, and your will. Amen. And when we ask the Lord, back to this, when we ask the Lord, show me what I need to see, teach me what I need to know, He's going to point you to Calvary. There's not a maybe. He's not going to point you to a preacher unless that preacher can help you in the Scriptures look to Calvary. He's not going to point you to somebody. He's going to point you to Jesus and what He did because everything we learn, we've got to be looking at Him to learn. Remember Jesus said, you can't be my disciple. The word means learner unless you bear your cross. Luke 14, 26 and 27. Luke 9, 23. You can't be his disciple unless you bear your cross. You cannot learn of him unless you bear your cross. You cannot learn of him. You can learn what the Bible says. I did it for years. And I was excited about what it said. And I could pull scriptures from every direction concerning your individual issue. But it was never, those years past, it was never in the context of which it was written. Amen. 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 We must know these things. And when your heart is broken and you realize you're not living for God because, well, you really don't know why. And you start asking the Lord, Lord, show me what I need to see. Teach me what I need to know. And look, if you're praying that without going and getting you one of these, you're praying in vain. If you're praying that without putting your face in this after you pray, you're praying in vain. Lord, show me what I need to see. Teach me what I need to know. It's going to be found in the Word. It's going to be found out there in the clouds. 
They ain't going to be fine laying on your pillow at night. There's enough flakes and nuts running all over YouTube telling you that it can be. But you ain't going to find God outside of the Word of God. You're not going to find His plan outside of the Word of God. You're not going to find what He wants you to see and what He wants you to hear and what He wants you to do and who He wants you to be outside of what's written in this book. We need to stick with the Bible in the midst of a backslidden church that ain't really interested in the Bible. Amen. Amen. We are. I'm interested in the Word of God because the the Word of God is God and I'm interested in God. Hallelujah. Amen. So if we do, He's going to point us to Calvary. He's not going to point you somewhere else. People say, well, all this stuff y'all preach, that's that's the meat. Now you've got to know this for the milk too. Milk don't, milk don't come from a different place than the meat. It all comes from the same place. The meat's just when it starts getting applied. Mm. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know what? The meat is when it starts getting applied with results. Growth. Mm. Let's look at Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 tonight real quickly. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. We've heard it. We've heard it 10,000 times. Let's hear it 10,001 tonight. It's the Word of God. It's beautiful. And it's written back then for us today. Let me say that again. This was written back then for us today. Y'all know Jesus came. He came onto the scene. His ministry, his whole life, especially his ministry, was the Old Testament being lived out. Yeah. I'm writing commentary in Psalms now, and many times I see the Psalms or scriptures, and I think, my Lord, I wonder if that's what what the Father was guiding him in. I just recently wrote, I think it's in Psalm 65, one of the verses there talks about he steals the ways, he steals the seas. And I'm like, that's what Jesus did, and he showed up, and that's written back in Psalms. All Jesus did was walk in and fulfill what was already written. Because he is the living what? Word. Glory be to God. Woo! My Jesus is the living word. God in the flesh. My goodness, that made me shiver. (laughs) Woo! Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. My people, everybody say that's me, are destroyed. Now don't remove yourself because you're in the New Testament. This was written back then. For them and for me today. Because the New Testament says, don't get rid of the... The New Testament says, don't get rid of the old. There are whole groups of people, about hundreds of thousands. I won't tell you who they are, but every town you go in, before you get in town, they got a sign out there on the edge of town. They don't even read the Old Testament. The Old Testament, Jesus said it was about Him. Why wouldn't I read that? I won't know more about Him. The Word of God is God. That means the old... When was that written? John said that, but what did he speak from? What was he talking about? The Old Testament. The Word of God is God. Don't throw God out. Amen. Amen. Hosea 4, 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Now, Now, wait a minute. This is not talking about knowledge you don't have. Although that'll destroy you too, but that's not what he's talking about here. Watch, he'll tell you. Because you've rejected knowledge. Come on. Come on. I will also reject you. See, the church don't believe that today. 
Andrew, several weeks ago, told me, he said, Dad, I'm pretty sure the church today don't even really think you got to have faith for God to be functioning in your life. I think, I re- he said, I really think that the church just believes for the most part that God's just going to do whatever, whatever. Just He's just going to do it. And I said, yeah, I believe you're right, but I believe that's not true. God's got to find faith. The Bible said, will he find faith when he comes? What's he looking for? He's looking for faith. Why, what, why, what has he found when he finds faith? He's found somebody. He's found somebody who's a word seeker. Hmm. My people are what? They're destroyed for lack of knowledge, colon. Because you've rejected knowledge, I will also reject you. That you shall be no priest to me, seeing you have forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget your children. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Now, I want to say tonight to you that a lot has changed from the old covenant to the new. But God hadn't. Amen. You do, and I've mentioned this lately two or three times, and people just kind of say, oh, what you talking about? Who struck Ananias and Sapphira's dead? The Lord. And Peter told them what was going to happen. He said, you've lied to the Holy Spirit. You've lied to the Lord. And those who are going to carry you to the grave are at the door. That's New Testament. Yep. I said, let me go. That's New Testament. Amen. Paul even wrote something along the lines to the church in Corinth that many are weak, sick, and die prematurely because they're not discerning the Lord's body. See, you can't never tell me the message of the cross is not exclusively the message and it's not of utmost more important than anything and and that it doesn't need to be tied to everything it does. Because it's it's the only place we can look to discern the Lord's body. What are we to be discerning? The Lord's body. If I'm not discerning the Lord's body properly, I could be weak, sick, die prematurely. So my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Hmm. The destruction among God's people is due to the lack of knowledge caused by the rejection of that knowledge. And the sad thing today is most Christians really don't even want to talk about the Lord. I'm sure you all are around people that claim to be Christians and that they're church-going folk, but when you start talking about the Lord or the Word of God, they don't really have anything to say. They, they, they'll really start, oh, I think I had a meeting. You know, and I, I know what that's like because I've been there. If you don't know, listen, if you don't know anything about this, when they start talking about this, you, 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 you don't want to be embarrassed, so you just leave. Amen. I pray tonight in the name of Jesus that God give every one of us a greater desire to know what's in the Word of God. I'm talking about an unquenchable fire in our hearts that will not quit seeking until we find, and when we do find, we the, 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 the quest is more intense than ever before because what we're looking for is Him. Amen. That I may know Him. That's it. Not I already know Him. Know that I may know Him. 
We're going to know him in that book. The destruction among God's people is due to the lack of knowledge caused by the rejection of that knowledge. How many millions have heard the message of the cross, the focus of God, and said, I don't think so. The rejection of the knowledge, the rejection to accept that God's only way of salvation is through faith in what His Son did at Calvary. The rejection of the great truth that the only way we can serve God is if our faith remains in what it was in that allowed Him to make us servants of His righteousness. The rejection of that. The choice to, to believe that the Pentecost and the baptism with the Holy Spirit is the sanctifying power to overcome sin. That's a rejection of what the book says. That is a rejection of what my Bible says. The blood justified me. You do know the cross was twofold. You justified by the blood. You washed clean by the blood. And every day you walk with the Lord in the life that He's in, 1 John 1, 7 through 9, that you and I in fellowship with Him are cleansed by that blood even now. We're cleansed, justified, and cleansed by that blood. But it was the pouring out of His soul unto death that delivers you from that old man. It was him being put to death. The pouring out of all of his mind, all of his emotions, all of his will swallowed up in the Father's will. Put to death was your being put to death. The blood justifies you and cleanses you daily, but him being put to death is the old man being put to death. The pouring out of his blood and the pouring out of his soul. You go home and look at that. Isaiah 53 and 12, 11 and 12. Whether it's due to neglecting to become a student of God's Word and not knowing, or knowing what God's Word says but choosing to be more comfortable with a life of leisure rather than to be found walking in the knowledge of the truth. What do we do with the command to study the Word? That's a command. Study the Word. What's the rest of it say? A powerful Scripture. Study the Word to show yourself what? Not to approve yourselves, but to show yourself approved. He's already approved you through the blood He shed and your heart's yielded to that great truth. And when He approved you through that blood, He said, now study to show yourself as who you are unto me which is approved. Show yourself approved. You can't do it unless you study to show yourself approved unto God, not men. God's looking to see the fruit of His approval on my life. Hallelujah. God's looking to see the fruit of His approval on my life. Do you know this? Do you know this? I said, do you know this? You can sit here and hear it, shake your head like amen preacher and not know it. 
Amen. People, I'm amazed that and, and, and we got people like my dear precious sister in Troy, Ohio, who speaks words to me like I've never heard before concerning me and this ministry, this church. But yet, on the other hand, we got folks that don't even want to stay in church with us. Some people know some things that they have wasted time knowing. What we need to be knowing is what God has freely given to us. He ain't freely given me a reason to argue and murmur and complain and gripe and condemn. He's given me freely everything I need to be like Him. Hmm. Think about that. Am I, am I, do I, do I not know, listen, do I not know because I've rejected even opening one of these? See, I'm a Bible preacher. I'm going to preach this Bible. And I'm going to preach you into it. Or you probably going to find the exes. I'm going to preach you into this book. Are you probably going to find the exit because it's a word church. If it's not a word church, it can't be a faith church. If it's not a faith church, there can't be no growth church. There can't be no mission. There can't be no advancement. There can't, there can't be no ministry. We've got to be a word church. That's what I love about this church. It's a word church. It's a word church. People, let's go to this church. We love the Word of God. Hallelujah. We have a love of the truth. Tell me some more about it. We love, we have a love of the truth. That's why delusion appears as that to us. If you love the truth, you won't be given strong delusion. And if you love the truth, you recognize what is strong delusion others are believing because of their lack of love for the truth. Mm. Knowing what God's Word says. Now on the other hand, you got folk who I'm too busy for that. You know, I got 13 kids and all I do is wash clothes and mop and dust and then I got to go out and pick this up and then I got to take, then I got to, no, listen, just take, listen. When this becomes a priority, God will line all that other stuff up. The, the, the Word of God's got to be in your life. It's got to be in your life. If it's not, it's, it's a fairy tale and make-believe thing. Even when we cry tears, God, you know I love you. I just ain't got time for the Word. That's neglectful. That's neglecting knowledge. Or, on the other hand, there's another side of this. Do I have a Bible? Am I in it all the time? Do I even hear a preacher of the cross preaching the cross, the word of the cross, but yet I'm not giving myself to this truth? You don't give yourself to me. You don't give yourself to a local church. You give yourself to the truth who is Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Because the word of God is full of direction and instruction for everything that we need. And I mean everything that we need. Nothing's lacking. It is a complete revelation. It's so complete, God says nobody's allowed to add to it or take away from it. If you do, you're going to get yourself in big trouble. That's what the Bible says. It's complete revelation. Mm-hmm. Amen. Knowing, do we know what God's Word says? 
but do we choose to be more comfortable with a life of leisure rather to be found walking in the knowledge of the truth? People are going to get their feelings hurt when you start walking in the truth. Amen. It's going to be your family first because you're walking in the truth and maybe they're not. Amen. And that don't always turn out the way we wanted it to. But if you're walking in the truth, it's turning out the way God knows it would. Amen. Amen. So Colossians chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. Colossians chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. I think I read this last week. Colossians chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Do you know there's a hope laid up for you in heaven? Do you know it? Do you know I didn't say, did you see it written in the Bible? I said, do you know it? Do you know it? That's, that's, that, that, that's, that's, whatever you know spiritually has changed you. It's altered you, and it has set your mind in a different way of thinking. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, where have you heard before? Where did we hear it? In the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you, as it is in all the world and brings forth fruit. Wait a minute. What brings forth fruit? The word of the truth of the gospel. What brings forth fruit? The word of the truth of the gospel. Wow. The Bible here tells me that I heard about this hope that's laid up for me in heaven and the way I heard about this hope that's laid up for me in heaven, the same way I'll hear about prayer and faith and love and forgiveness and repentance and every other thing the Bible promised me that I can experience, I hear it through the word of the truth of the gospel. Amen. I don't have to take six months and preach on hope up in heaven. Yeah. You're going to hear about your hope up in heaven if we're preaching the word of the truth of the gospel. Amen. I don't have to put the cross on the shelf and preach a whole avenue of home and family living. If I try to preach wives and husbands and, and how to have their lives and marriages and families structured and the cross is on the shelf, I ain't helping them, I'm hurting them. I'm helping destroy them. The cross of Christ is a part of everything we do, everything we speak, everything we study, everything we touch, everything that's of God is blood-stained or it ain't of Him. Yeah, yeah. The banner of love is a stained banner of love by the blood. He'll come back on that white horse and we'll be riding behind him. Hallelujah. And he'll have a vesture wrapped around him yeah. dipped in his own precious blood. That's God's sign of saying, I told you so. It's always been about the blood before the foundation of the world, before there was a ball of dirt that I drew you up out of and set you in the garden. It was already about the lamb slain. He manifested himself 4,000 years later. Here he is 2,000 years after that coming back on a white horse and look at all his saints with him hallelujah all his saints coming with him mm. 
wearing that vesture dipped in blood so God can say it's still about Him and what makes it all about Him is what's got that vesture stained wrapped around Him. His precious blood. Hmm. Look at verse 6. Which is come unto you as it is in all the world and brings forth fruit as it does also in you since the day you heard, now he describes in specific detail how this worked in our lives. You heard the word of the truth of the gospel. You heard the promise of the hope of heaven laid up for you. And it, was, it began to bring forth fruit in your life. And the process, the specifics of this was you having heard it and knew. Not wondered if all this could be true. You heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. That means you touched it. It don't mean, yeah, I know it. Okay, yeah, I got it now. No. When you heard the word of the truth of the gospel, it brought forth fruit in, yeah. fruit in your life because you knew. You wasn't standing there wondering and doubting and I don't know yet. When you accepted it, that's God saying you knew it because you touched it with your heart. You knew it. You What you know? You knew the grace of God in truth. The grace of God's not outside of truth. You've got to know the grace of God that's in truth. And that will bring you into the knowing what God has given you freely. And walking in those promises. Not going to bed every night, begging God for the promises, knowing He has freely given you all things in Christ Jesus. Where are all the promises? In Christ Jesus. Where are you? In Christ Jesus. But so that's where all the promises are. That's where everything is. You're in Christ Jesus too. But I'm learning something right now. I'm learning something right now in the Bible. Get off there, you. I'm learning something that the things that we have in Christ, we're in Christ, the things that we have in Christ, which is everything, they, they are things that we have to be in in Him. Remember Sunday morning, Paul tells Timothy, we preached it, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Peter writes and says to be found by God in peace, blameless and without spot. These things are in, meaning you're experiencing them through, you're experiencing them through faith in what got you into Christ. Yeah. In righteousness, in peace, in joy, in long suffering, in these things. That means in the experience of them. Yeah. You're in them. The grace of God, where is it? It's in truth. Well, what's the truth? It's two things. It's Jesus crucified. Jesus said, when you know the truth, when you what? Not when you hear it. Not when you saw it in the Bible. Not when your preacher said it to you. Not when grandma told you. When you know the truth, you will be free. you got to know truth. Jesus said he's the truth. But what about him makes you free? 
It's what he did at Calvary. That's what makes him, we've said it for over 18 years, the cross is what is the only thing that makes Jesus applicable to you. Nothing else. The blood shed at Calvary is what allowed you to believe the word when it was preached to you. Amen. The cross is the avenue through which Christ is made applicable to us. Let the words of Christ richly dwell in your hearts. They can't if you don't know, if you don't know that the cross was enough for everything. You got to know. You got to know the grace of God in truth. I promise you tonight, folks, that the church does not know much at all about grace other than they're saved by grace. A Christian can tell you that, but they know very little about grace. They don't know that it's actually the Holy Spirit working in their lives. They, they don't know that. The church today, after 2,000 years, 500 years, or maybe a little less, of, of having the Word of God, access to the Word of God, still doesn't know. Preachers that preach the truth compared to the number of preachers there are. Preachers that point to the only place where your knower can get fixed and your knowing can be right, which is the cross, are very few. They're very few. Hmm. So what's the fruit? What's the fruit that this word of the truth of the gospel brings forth. How, what is it that what fruit does it bring forth? Much fruit. But I want to read one last set of scriptures just to show you. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 24. Another very popular scriptures. When you know the grace of God in truth. I didn't say when you get faithful to a local church, when you get faithful to start reading your Bible every day, when you get faithful to start praying every day, when you know the grace of God in truth, you're going to have fruit in your life. It's going to be noticeable. People are going to, uh, to some, you're going to be the, what does 2 Corinthians chapter 2 say? You're going to be the savor, the aroma of life unto life. But unfortunately, to some, you're going to be the aroma of death unto death. If you're living with the fruit in your life because you know the grace of God in truth, you're going to be a stench to many people in your life. They don't want to hear what you're all about. And let me say it again tonight. I don't know that I'll be able to minister without reminding you of this. We're living in a time where everything is intensifying. Yes, it is. And it's also being exposed. Amen. Everything is being exposed. All these things have been in the shadow and in the closet. It's out. You better make sure. You better make sure your feet are planted where God planted them when He saved you. Because I'm telling you, everything is going to get exposed. Everything is being revealed. 
You better make sure your feet are planted where God planted them when He saved you in His vineyard because the latter rain will not rain on any other thing but His vineyard. The latter rain is for the vineyard, my friend. He will take you if you will trust in Him and He will put you in His vineyard. But the latter rain ain't out there. It's watering His vineyard. You better make sure your feet are planted in the likeness of His Son's death. Because everything is being exposed. Ministries like never before are being exposed. The political realm is being exposed. And I tell Robin this all the time. I told her, I started telling this two or three years ago. Everything in the whole world is coming to a spiritual sense. And you see it happening. Israel and and Islam and and all. It's coming. It's all, it's going to get more and more spiritual. And they're coming. Let me tell you something. They're going to hate you more than any person else because you stand for Christ and the only truth of Christ that can save anyone and give them an access to the Father in heaven and that's what he did at Calvary. You will not be allowed to live when it gets really, when it continues to narrow down. Hopefully we'll be gone. But even if we're not, we're going to be standing until we are gone. Hallelujah. Everything's intensifying and everything is being exposed. You don't want to be exposed in the wrong way. Galatians 5.22 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, Temperance. Against such there is no law. Watch. Watch the next verse. And, everybody say and. And And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. See, the cross is tied to everything. It has to be. If it's not, there's no fruit. The fruit only comes from Christ and His cross. And not just because I got saved, but it only comes from what He did at Calvary as as my heart is yielded to it. To not believe that puts you in the boat of all those that think God just going to do whatever He's going to do with or without your faith. Not in your life, He's not. He's going to do that to the nations, because they ain't believing in him. And I don't mean everybody in every nation. I just mean the nations that are ungodly and want nothing to do with Christ. He's going to do out there his will. But his will for you and me requires our acceptance of it according to the word of God. He's not just going to mature me if I choose not to walk in the place of maturity. He's not going to just bring fruit through me just because I'm his. If he would do that, then he wouldn't really have told the the full truth by telling me that his people perish for rejecting his knowledge. I must accept his knowledge, and then I must, Peter said, grow in his and his knowledge. That's what we're growing in. The grace of Jesus, the knowledge of Jesus. At the end of every day, we should be able to say, Lord, thank you for showing me this about you today. Yes. Thank you for showing me that about you. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you for being faithful to me and showing me again today the great truths of who you are to me. You have a relationship with Jesus. It's a growing, intimate relationship. I'm, and I'm not talking about fleshly intimacy. I'm talking about spiritual intimacy. Yes. Where your faith is in Him, in what He did for you. And He's guiding you along. You're walking with Him in fellowship with Him. And His blood, well, first of all, the light is shining on everything the blood needs to be cleansing. Yeah. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, what light is that? That light that's shining on everything I still need cleansed. And there ain't but one cleansing agent, and it's still the blood. Amen. If we, if, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, and we will if we know what happens in the light. I said, if we know what happens in the light. We'll walk with him in the light and that light continues to shine on my flaws. That's a never-ending thing. But because my fellowship is with him through my faith in the blood, then I'm still being cleansed. Now, I'm justified and on my way to heaven, but I'm still being cleansed in my fellowship with my Jesus. Glory. Amen. Amen. You got to know. The church is the church don't know some things, a lot of things. I've known people. I've known people, they've been saved. They've been saved for years. And some preacher will come up and start talking to them and twisting scripture and tell them something crazy. Like if you if you didn't get water baptized in the name of Jesus only, you're not really saved. Just crazy stuff like that. I'm I, I I'm like, no, I know what I know. You don't, obviously. I know what I know. I believe with my heart under righteousness and my lips went to quivering and telling folk I'm saved. I got the Spirit of God living in me. My spirit bears witness with the Spirit of God. Can't nobody tell me that I ain't really saved because somebody didn't say the right words when I went down in the water. But there are Christians hearing that mess and going and being water baptized just so they might be a little more sure. Right. I'm already sure. Yeah. I was sure before I got water baptized. Yeah. I was sure when I heard the gospel. And in 1994, I was sure that if I believed it again, I'd come out of all that mess. And you know what? I went home and told Robin, I'm through with all that. <laughs> she said, through with all what? I said, everything. <laughs> of course, she didn't believe it. It takes some time for her to watch it happen, unfold. That's it. It was such a powerful thing, but it was the gospel that did it. Oh, My mama you. called me on the phone and said, what happened? I said, Lord got a hold of me. She said, I heard that, but I want to hear how it happened. Because when the Lord got a hold of me, everybody in Bowie County knew it. Instead of riding around selling dope, being drunk every night, I told him the Bible to, to work. Something done happened to him. 
Wow. He must have gotten in trouble with the law or he must have took a little bit too much of something. And they told me, said, I'll give you six months. You'll be back in the club with us. I said, we'll see. Next year be 30 years. Next year be 30 years. The Lord's kept me. He's kept me. I'm still messed up, but he's still working on me. Hallelujah. I, I'm still messed up. I tell, we, t we have a joke between us all the time. I say, if the world was only like us, honey, it'd be a much better place to live. It'd still be messed up. But it'd be better, wouldn't it? If, if everybody in the world was like you, wouldn't it be a lot better? If everybody in the world was like you, wouldn't nobody be attacking, attacking Israel? If everybody in the world was like you, wouldn't no banks be being robbed? But it'd still be messed up. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight? I hope you're learning to be sure. I hope, I hope you're learning to know the things that God has freely offered you. I'm going to tell you something, folks. It's more important than somebody tell you and show you in the Scriptures that you can know and be sure than just to go around all the time talking about all the, th all the things that are free. We need to talk about that too, but you can talk about that till you're blue in the face. All the things... Oh, all these things belong to you, but you got to know something first. You got to know it. If you don't, somebody can come up and confuse you, scare you, put fear in your heart, cause you to start wondering if what you believed is right. You, you know, you can be hurt so bad you can start to doubt. I've been there. You can be hurt so bad you can start to doubt and wonder is this even right? I know what pain in the heart's like. I remember years ago meeting in our church, in our house for church on Wednesday nights. A man walked up in there and said something that was dealing with some specific something. In the Bible, nobody even didn't know it. Didn't know him. He heard we were having church out there somehow, showed up, made some comments at the end of our service and left. And we all, I'm, I'm not kidding you, we all just sat there in silence for a few minutes wondering, what in the world? Because I don't remember exactly what it was, but whatever he said made us doubt some things we shouldn't have been doubting. But we were all hurt. We've just come out of a church split and we were hurt. I mean, we were hurt. And when you're hurt, you're gullible. You're very gullible. When you're hurt, your heart is tender enemy will lie to you then like never before. You've got to know what you know. And you've got to stand on what you know. You've been given the Spirit of God so that you could understand, so that you could know the things that God has freely given you. He's freely given to you His peace, His joy, everything that He is, He's given to you. And you can freely access that, all of that by faith. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you for all that you are to us. We thank you, Lord, for reminding us tonight that we've got to know. We've got to know. Our knowing is our assurance. But it's the assurance that your Spirit gives us. And I thank you for that assurance among those that you've brought back to the focus of 
your son and what he did at Calvary. I thank you for that is the only place that the knowledge is grounded, that the assurance is grounded, the place where we received our first knowledge, our first assurance, the place we received the great value of who you are to us, the place where our eyes were opened and we saw the light at the cross of the Lamb. And I thank you tonight for that great truth. I thank you for bringing an increase to the assurance, an increase of knowledge and grace into the church in these last few moments in this age. And I thank you tonight, Lord, for the hearts, spirit-taught hearts among your people. I thank you, Lord, for the hunger and the thirst in our hearts for your righteousness, to see your kingdom established in our own lives even right now. We thank you for that. Hallelujah. If you're here tonight and you need prayer, come, let us pray with you. If you're watching online, put your prayer requests there. I promise you, I go home and read every comment. Every comment that's made, I go home and read every one of them. If there's a hundred, I'll read them all. And I'll pray for you. And I'll believe God with you for His will to take place in your lives. Come, let us pray together and believe God for what it is that you're asking of Him. Thank you, precious Lord, for your goodness. I thank you for more of you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for my sister. I thank you for where you brought her from, where she is now, and where you're walking her to. I thank you for filling her heart with truth and a hunger for more of it. I thank you for her wonderful family, Lord God, and all that you're doing in every single one of her lives. I thank you, Lord, for your favor upon them. I pray that you would pour wisdom in the sack in my sister Grace's hearts, Lord, like never before. Grace and wisdom beyond their years. And I thank you, Lord, for it. I thank you, Lord, for the assurance that you put in their hearts that they know without a shadow of a doubt that you are with them and that you cannot fail them. And you will not fail them. You will bring them along the way each step of the way. And you will be the provision for them at all times. And I praise you, Lord, for everything she's crying out to you concerning. I thank you for your touch upon me right now. of wisdom and the words of knowledge discerning of spirits, Lord. I thank you for you 
head to see your gospel preached and taught and believed. And, and I thank you, Lord, for the salvation of souls. And I ask you for me. I ask you for the souls of you in our region. In Jesus' name. treasure chest of heaven was opened to all humanity. Everything you need is found in Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Everything, everything, everything was offered to us there and is available now. You can't confess yourself into anything God has given you, but you can believe the Lamb paid for it all. The Lamb paid for it all. It's already been paid for. Why don't you just tell the Lord tonight, I believe Jesus paid for everything I need. So Lord, I'm asking you to touch me, my family, my co-workers, my classmates. Lord, this personal thing that I need, I know that Jesus paid for it at Calvary, and I know that I can have it. I can believe that I have it now. Because I've already been offered everything by you. In Jesus' name I pray, Lord. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. I love you. The Lord loves you. Stay sure. Hallelujah. Stay sure.